Starting in March 2020, U.S. embassies around the world shut down, separating binational couples with no end in sight. As the Trump administration pushed to reopen America at home, the pleas of U.S. citizens to be reunited with their fiancés abroad fell on deaf ears at the State Department, while the doors of embassies opened for other visa categories. On September 17, 2020, 300 U.S. citizens and their foreign fiancés filed a lawsuit to fight for our right to marry. Welcome to Lawsuit for Love Pod. These are our stories. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Lawsuit for Love Pod. This is our first episode. Today is September 17th, 2020. How are you guys feeling? Fabulous. Ecstatic. So excited. This was a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I'm feeling like finally maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel for us. Like, right. Yeah. Like I have to admit, you know, um, it, it's almost like at this point I'm apprehensive to have as much hope as I have right now, but this is definitely the most hope I've had in a long time for finally being able to see and marry my fiance. I know. Right. Right. Like the past several months have been just disappointment after disappointment. And it's kind of like, you don't want to get your hopes up to be disappointed again. I totally relate to that. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that on so many levels. I mean, even this morning when I told my fiance that we were finally filing today, I mean, I could see that he didn't have the same excitement that I had. And I asked him what was wrong. And uh, he said that uh, he'll feel excited once he actually gets the interview because we've been let down so much and so many times in the past. I mean, we as U.S. citizens have done everything that we were asked to do and jump through every hoop that we were asked to jump through and told so many lies back and forth from, you know, the State Department and the different embassies. And so, you know, it's at the point now where you, you know, you just lose faith in the whole system. So um, I'm definitely excited about it. And I'm looking forward to, you know, reuniting with my fiance and for everyone to be able to be with the person that they love. A government shouldn't be able to do this to us, you know? Yeah, for sure. May justice be served. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So so today, um, for our first episode, we are going to be reading through the press release about the lawsuit that was just filed. Um, And so we will just, just to give you guys some context, are any listeners out there? um, And so we will just get started. We're going to read through that. Maybe we'll break from commentary. Maybe not. We'll see. Okay, so I will get started. Um, Here we go. Washington, D.C. Today, over 150 United States citizens and their foreign national intended spouses sued the Department of State for continued refusal to process K-1 fiancé visas. The K-1 visa allows foreign nationals to enter the U.S. and marry their petitioning fiancé. Although the I-129F petitions have been approved by the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, the U.S. Department of State has refused to adjudicate or issue K-visas or reissue K-visas that expire due to beneficiaries' inability to travel during the pandemic. These cases are languishing at various stages of DOS processing with no end in sight. Um, Yeah. Can you give, or Courtney or Nicole, can you give... Give the people some background. Like, what is an I-129F? 
Yeah, I would love to. I thought that I had that same idea, actually. What I've noticed is like a lot of the general public, a lot of family members and friends who aren't really associated with this process um, don't really have the slightest clue of, you know, what the fiance visa process entails. And um, a lot of this, a lot of them don't realize that like we've been in this process for a long time. Like we personally filed back in August of 2019 um, in the, the first step of the process is that I-129F petition. Um, It's a packet that you send on to uh, USCIS with all of your information, all of your fiance's information, where you've lived and worked for the past five years, um, and all of the evidence that you have to prove that your relationship is real and your intention to marry is real. And just basically certifying to the government that, you know, this is your fiance that you want to bring here um, to marry. And all of us as plaintiffs have passed that bar right now. We've all been approved. The government has all told us, yes, they've met um, those burdens of proof as far as you know the paperwork goes. And so we're all just sitting here kind of in this purgatory after being approved. Like, okay, well, what's next? <laughs> all right. Thank you, Nicole. Just, just right. some good background, I think, for anybody who doesn't know what an I-129F is, it's like a big bunch of paperwork to prove that your relationship is real, basically. Okay. Accompanied Um, by a big bunch of money. (laughs) For sure. That's an important part of it, right? The current fee for an I-129F fiancé visa petition is, drumroll please, (laughs) $535. Right, which is not small change, especially if you're like a struggling couple. Okay. All right, let's continue with the press release. On March 20th, 2020, in the early days of the pandemic, Department of State ordered all embassies and consulates worldwide to suspend routine visa services, though, quote, mission critical and emergency visa services were still provided. No definitive explanation was given as to which visas are considered mission critical. But later guidance included spouses of U.S. citizens. At no time did Department of State provide any reasoned explanation as to why fiancés of U.S. citizens, whom Department of State understands to be functionally equivalent to the visa category of spouses of U.S. citizens, were not included as mission critical. The process by which DOS has determined which visa services are considered mission critical remains opaque. Okay, maybe would you guys like to share just like a little encapsulation of your frustration over this particular aspect of it? Yeah. I mean, I think we could probably uh, elaborate a little bit more on what that actually means. Um, So I think what's, um, let me try, sorry. So what I think is is important to know um, about getting a visa for your foreign partner to come to America, you, either go through the route of getting married abroad or in America and then applying for a spousal visa if you're outside the country. A fiancé would also have to apply from outside the country. However, what's, inc- what's important that people should understand is that a fiancé visa, while not a spouse and not legally um, have the same uh, benefits as a spouse, the Department of State has always 
it from their visa application, from their foreign services uh, manual that all consular officers must read and they train um, by that manual, um, even down to their own published policies and procedures, they have always listed fiancés on the same level as spouses in terms of the priority and the uh, important nature of those um, visas. And so, like, I mean, I'll just say, too, like, just on a human level, like, separating someone, you know, we want to be married. And the reason that we're not together is the reason we're not allowed to be together is because we're not married. But the reason we're not married is because we're not allowed to be together. So it's just been so frustrating. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I've heard from someone else who, um, you know, contacted the embassy we're at and the the person on the the other end of the phone answering uh, for the embassy had compared their fiance to like a friend. And it's just like, okay, we went through this whole process um, with the application and with proving our relationship and proving our intentions and then just to be regarded as, no different than you know a friend that you want to bring over here that's just it's insane to me and it's insulting it's like we want to begin our lives together and the only thing holding us back um from being spouses is the fact that we're being uh kept from one another like my my fiance and i would be married and would be husband and wife at this point um but definitely behold here we are i think we could all I mean, we all could second that, right? That's that's why we're going to court. <laughs> okay, returning to the press release, uh, one of you guys want to take it away? Yeah, sure. Then, on July 8th, 2020, when the Department of State announced that routine visa processing would resume to varying degrees at post starting on July 15th, 2020, the posts were directed to treat K-visa applicants as low priority only eligible for processing once a post enters quote-unquote phase three of the Department of State's reopening plan termed diplomacy strong. Again, no explanation was given as to why fiancés of U.S. citizens were given such low priority. Finally, the Department of State has issued guidance providing a national interest exemption that allows foreign citizens, including business travelers, investors, treaty traders, academics, and students from many countries subject to travel restrictions to apply for and obtain visas and subsequently enter the U.S. While these national interest exemptions allow foreign citizens to apply for and obtain a wide variety of non-immigrant visas, fiancés, of U.S. citizens have no such opportunity. Oh, yes, indeed. (laughs) So, um, yeah, welcome to our lives. (laughs) Um, I feel like this was really the moment when we realized that this uh, suspension um, was no longer about COVID, right? Like right. we were, um, we were on our uh, third or fourth interview cancellation uh, from the embassy at this point, um, and the, the past few cancellations had cited those presidential proclamations of the travel ban and suspension of 
entry of immigrants, um, of whatever, protecting the whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> in any case, the embassy repeatedly cited these proclamations, right? <clears throat> um, and were adamant that K-1s uh, were not, um, did not have that national interest exception. Um, and it just doesn't make sense that um, they would then process these other visas, um, presumably who carry the same risk, right, to to bringing COVID as a fiancé from the same country does, um, as, like, give it, giving them the permission to enter our country, but but not our family members, not our fiancés. So what's what's the real story here? Why are we being suspended? Why are we being um, pushed to the side in favor of these other visas? Exactly. I mean, it, I, I feel that, I feel strongly that the U.S. government has a responsibility to its citizens, just as citizens have a responsibility to each other. We have a social responsibility to each other. So it, I believe the majority of us who were waiting for our, our partners, our spouses, fiancés to come over and join us. Uh, we were understanding and, and incredibly yeah. patient um, that, of course, yeah, that we needed to wait um, and we needed to um, watch out for each other. Um, so I believe, you know, after a few months, um, the country started to reopen and we all started to get a little bit of hope because from what, that point, from what we were being told, the only reason we were being having to being forced to wait was that we need to protect the country from COVID. Um, even though mm. the COVID numbers were just rising astronomically, we started seeing the country reopen. And at the same time, we started seeing the State Department making these national exemptions um, for these other non-immigrant visas, which I find just to be a slap in the face, really, because U.S. citizen-sponsored visas have always had a priority. Um, we are U.S. citizens. These people are our family. And to prioritize athletes who, at that time, weren't even playing any public games because everything was still <laughs> under lockdown. Um, and these investors uh, who were investing in what exactly? You know, it, it doesn't <laughs> make failing sense. economy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it didn't make any sense um, why they were giving these groups of people uh, prioritization while simultaneously deprioritizing family members of U.S. citizens. It, it, it's 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 a slap in the face, and it's just—I mean—it's inconscionable, really. Right, and I think the next part of the press release really kind of touches on that point. Um, it states by this arbitrary deprioritization of fiancés of U.S. citizens, the Department of State has separated families, caused severe economic hardship to both U.S. citizens and fiancés abroad and has disrupted the lives of thousands of individuals seeking to be with their loved ones. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's a really pointed statement of what's going on. Like we, our lives are on hold right now. Um, we were talking earlier, um, Courtney, about, you know, there are some couples in our 
plaintiff group that have had children in like the foreign fiance hasn't even met their child yet. Like, right. I'm none of us are getting back. Like this is time, you know, I was supposed to, we had so many plans for this summer way. We had so many like things we wanted to do and things we were going to do as a family. Um, and it's all lost. Like it's, we're never going to get this time back. And for what reason? Right. 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 Exactly. And that's what I I think it needs to be very important for um, people who are not involved in our case or in our situation um, to understand. I mean, our visa category, you know, K-1s, it does have a um, a popular um, pop culture reference, you know, to the reality show. So people may, you know, (laughs) assume certain things or think certain things, you know, um, about it. But what people need to understand, and I hope that they understand, is that these people are our are, are families, our mm-hmm. chosen families. We, uh, you know, we fell in love, you know, through no, you know, uh, fault or, you know, of our own with someone who just happened to be of a different nationality. And while people can understand and have felt the harm of having to miss things, things that they'll never get back, like prom this year, or if they were going to graduate high school after, you know, and not being able to walk with their classmates that they've been with for the past 13 years. I, I would hope that people could also take and understand that pain of missing out on so much and then Think about what it would feel like at the same time going through the pandemic and the person you love the most in this world is being kept away from you. And then right. the, and then soon thereafter, you find out that other people who are not U.S. citizens are being sponsored by U.S. citizens, but they want to invest or play sports or come study, which is all online right now anyway, um, they're being given priority over our sponsored family members. It's just, it's not right. It really isn't. Yeah. Yeah, Um, so, um, and there was a quote included in the press release from the named plaintiffs, um, Danielle Milligan and Louise, um, they were, uh, they're the title of the the complaint itself. It's Milligan v. Pompeo. Um, But Daniel was quoted as saying, our wedding was supposed to have been five months ago this week. The arbitrary refusal to reissue my fiance's visa has been extraordinarily painful and damaging to us, said Daniel Milligan, his lead plaintiff. Um, and I totally relate to this because our wedding was supposed to have been two weeks ago. Um, and uh, the idea was, you know, Robin was supposed to have been here um, at the beginning of June. And it's just, it's, it's very disheartening. I, I don't want to like, um, of course, I have no ill will or I don't want to talk bad about students or professional athletes. Like everybody I feel has a right to come to the U.S. through the proper processes, but to be treated or to be denied rather our own process in favor of, you know, things that aren't, like you mentioned, that aren't even going on, like what sporting events are going on right now? None. Um, it was just, it's disheartening and upsetting. So right. Exactly. And and that's what, I mean, I believe, you know, our uh, senior partner, 
crap, I said that wrong. <clears throat> right, right. And I believe um, our lead counsel, uh, Jeff Joseph, said it best um, in the press release. He said that at the core of the U.S. immigration history is a longstanding tradition of family unity. The arbitrary actions of the Department of State are having real impacts on U.S. citizens and their families. If we continue to make exceptions and process visas for agricultural workers, students, and other visa categories, we can certainly process visas for intended husbands and wives of U.S. citizens. This is one more attempt by this administration to simply erase legal immigration. These families are following the rules, and the government should too. Heck yes. Heck yes, Jeff Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> right. And hopefully, right. you know, this podcast will give people a window into what it's like to marry across borders, what it's really like, not just from watching 90 Day Fiance, but, oh you know, what it's really like to be in a bi-national couple um, and, you know, maybe be a window into our our lives and you know start a discussion of how we can make things better for people yeah right exactly exactly I think, um i think the next quote in the press release from attorney siskin um also co-counsel on the complaint uh really kind of captures what we're talking about right now that the couples in this suit along with many others across the world have been more than patient as the U.S. government has imposed one obstacle after another. They remain separated despite their following all the rules, even though consulates globally are issuing visas every day. They have finally said enough is enough. So... Here, here. Um, I, that's exactly how I felt this entire time. Enough is enough. We have been patient we have been more than patient. Um, I don't, it, it, I, it's like the thing that, you know, U.S. immigration, it's, it's a political topic and uh, area that some people don't want to, you know, get into or, you know, even think about it. They don't have to think about it. They're lucky enough, you know, to fall in love with a U.S. citizen and never even have to think about, you know, what it means and what it takes to bring their, you know, partner here. Um, but at the same time, we have done everything we were asked to do. And when people talk about, you know, wait in line and and go through, come to the country the right way, and, you know, all those different, you know, excuses, we did, you know, <laughs> we went through the process. We've been extremely patient um and we were approved the only thing that was keeping our fiancés from being with us was an interview at the consulate that was mm-hmm. it all of us had already been approved meaning our fiancés had passed their background checks we passed our background checks we had proven that our love was real that our relationship was real we were already done it was a simple matter of a of a consulate interview that they were denying us and for right. what? <laughs> under just... the guise of, yeah, under the guise of COVID precautions, under the guise of, you know, the protecting the workforce under, you know, several different reasons that we've been given. And for some reason, those same um, applications aren't applicable to those other visas. So. 
Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think uh, Chuck, um, Chuck Cook uh, said it best, one of the uh, co-counsels on the case. He said that we cannot continue as a country to tell our own citizens that they cannot marry the person that they love and live within the United States. The actions of the State Department in refusing to expeditiously reunite fiancés with their U.S. citizens, soon-to-be spouses, is not only unconscionable, but it's illegal. I love Chuck. I'm sorry. I love him. <laughs> I do, too. He's, he's, he's passionate. He's spicy. So, I don't think we could put it... I don't think we could put it a better way. Um, and... That I think that does it for us for this episode. Thank you for listening. And we will be back soon with stories from plaintiffs, our thoughts on the situation, and more. Stay tuned. Lawsuit for Love Pod. You can follow us on Twitter with the hashtag let us marry or resume K1 visas. Um, and we'll be in touch. Thank you.